Hi, I'm Jake Lyle, and this is the Lobster Tales podcast. I'm an English teacher and a writer with a love for people's stories. I interview couples young and old about their lives, both in and outside of their relationships. In the process, I learn about love, commitment, and the unexpected lessons life throws our way. The podcast is unscripted, the advice is honest, and the stories, like lobsters, live forever. A quick disclaimer for this episode. I experimented with recording this over dinner at a restaurant. While I was able to reduce much of the background noise in post, it may be distracting for some listeners. If so, I apologize, and know that I will be recording all future episodes in more controlled environments. For me, this is all part of the learning process. Now back to the show. In this episode, I interview Jim and Vicki, a couple nearing 50 years of marriage, whose story takes them from Tennessee to Montana, school teachers to school builders, and French students to French residents. Theirs is a story of knowing, quite quickly, that they wanted to spend the rest of their lives together, and knowing little more than that. After 47 years of marriage, they know a lot more now than they did back then, but that original truth still remains. They're wholly, undoubtedly, in love with one another. I hope you enjoy their story as much as I do. Okay, there we're going. So you grew up in a small town of 4,000. A little, little less than 4,000. Less than 4,000. And that was in where again? It was, in, it was a little west of St. Louis. It okay. was in Missouri. So Missouri. And then you which, grew up Memphis, Tennessee. Which is not the south. A lot of people say to me, well, I, all my life people have said, we don't have a southern accent. And I, I say, yes, but I mean, I didn't grow up in the south. <laughs> Everybody sounded like me. True, you're above the Missouri Compromise line. Yeah. We are. And, and, when yeah. I, and when I introduced Vicki to my friends in Tennessee, Tommy Hebert came and said, Jim, I didn't know you were marrying a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so I went and told Vicki to call the whole thing off. So we... <laughs> our, our, our ancestors fought on opposite sides in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, sure. So your yours fought for you and the north, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Comes with the turf, literally. <laughs> and there's Jim. Yeah. No, it's Jim. <laughs> um, and so how many how many siblings did you have, Jim, growing Six. up? Six. I'm one of seven. Were you the, the I'm close third. to youngest? I'm third. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um and your family, you were telling me a little bit about... There are about, four kids, and I'm the oldest. Oh, hey, I'm also an oldest. So you keep Jim in line, then. Uh. Older kids are generally obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Present company totally accepted. Um, and you, you two, correct me if I'm wrong, you met in college, right? It was You no. guys never crossed paths? No, actually... Do you want to tell the story? Hit it, Vic. Okay. So, I I had graduated from college, and I was working doing research at the medical center in in the town where I had gone to college because it was a, it was a, a pretty good sized university for the time. It had twenty five thousand students. And what university was this? The University of Missouri. Oh, okay. Of which now there are several branches, but if that, you know, early on it was there was just one. It was a smack in the middle of the state. And um, my sister, who was two years younger, met a guy and fell in love with him, and he was a veteran. Mm-hmm. And they decided to get married. And he had been in service with Jim. They had both gone to Korean language school at Monterey, California, and then been in Korea together. And so Jim came to Columbia to visit my brother-in-law and his wife, who was my sister, and I met Jim. And I had already decided before I met Jim that I wasn't going to like him. (laughs) And she didn't. And why is that? Because because he he was a big-time golfer. No. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, in the town where I had grown up, there was a certain sort of person who played golf. And Jim had grown up in a large metropolitan area where there were public golf courses. And he played public course golf. And I, you know, I, I was an absolute anti-snob. And I would never, 
have been interested in somebody who was a, a country club type. But as it turned out, he wasn't a country club type. <laughs> yeah. I get that vibe from Jim. But I was, I was, I had spent the summer, this is the summer of 71, and I'd spent it in Bozeman uh, on a lark. A buddy of mine said, let's go to summer school in Montana because there was no out-of-state tuition. Then? So I came up here, spent the summer, loved Montana, was on my way back, um, and I about halfway across the country, I thought, wait a minute, I'm going to go right through Columbia, Missouri, where my good friend Frank Norris is, practically my brother. The guy and he may be the, your best friend, yeah? Yeah, the guy I went through the service with. Um, so that's where and when I met Vicki. And I'm a smart ass, you know that, because you've <laughs> been around me a while. Um, I like to tease and so forth, and that did not sit well with Vicki at all. So our initial um, meeting was not real pleasant. And no, this I don't think it was unpleasant. No, I mean, it, was, it no, wasn't. No, it we was were not both, hostile, but no, I was sort of like, right. We were both. Uh, we were both kind, cordial, polite. Yeah. yeah. And this meeting happened when you're, you went to Montana to visit Montana State, mm -hmm. and you're coming back to Memphis, yeah. and you drive through Missouri, and you look up your buddy that you mm -hmm. were in the service with, right? And Korean language school and airplanes and <clears throat> all that jazz right. and then that's your brother-in-law and so my sister's where, husband where do you guys meet up like when you stop in are you, you whose house are you stopping at like well I, I stayed a couple of days with frank and melissa vicky's sister uh this is before i'd met her and then one day they said well why don't we go over to vicky's place and have lunch or something and, and that's when we met yeah. so you met over lunch Something like that, yeah. And you teased her, and that was not well-recepted? Um, or not well-received? Uh, you'll have to ask her. Uh, that's my impression. <laughs> I, 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 I kept to myself, because I wasn't... I'm, I'm not really... Well, I probably am more now, but at that point in my life, I wasn't a very outgoing person. Mm -hmm. So I just kept my thoughts to myself. But, I just, I, you know, I, but internally, I rolled my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Mr. Wise. <laughs> and this, this was when you had, you got more confident coming back from the service, right? Because you you didn't consider yourself super no self assured no, I, until well, when you when you barely made it out of high school and you flunked out of college and you get drafted, your confidence is not at a really high level, right? But then when I got through language school, which was the hardest thing I've ever done. When I got through language school, uh, and then went, you know, and and, and flew um, in Korea and in Vietnam and all around the Far East, and did a good job, that helps a lot. And you learned, was it Korean or Vietnamese that you learned? Korean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. I would get a confidence boost well, yeah. if I learned. Well, and the, the very most promising candidates did. Chinese Mandarin, and then like one half step down was Korean. Wow. So it was, yeah, they didn't send him to do Spanish. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's okay. Romantic language. Cut it's more that, in the vein. Cut that out. <laughs> um, so Jim has more confidence. He meets you. You internally roll your eyes, and then you part ways and never see each other ever again. That's right. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I, that, um, I, I drove because I had school waiting. I, I had just enrolled in uh, graduate school. And I, um, I I knew there was something about Vicki that was very appealing to me. Um, in many respects, she was a lot like me, I thought, you know. But, um, yeah. I, I, so I, I guess I invited myself back for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, or something house. like that. <laughs> I, yeah. I, don't, I yeah. don't remember exactly. My sister and her, he was still her fiance, actually. I think. No, they were, no, they were married. No, they were married. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, my sister and her husband were going to our house, my parents' house, for Thanksgiving. And, and Jim came, too. Oh. And what was funny, one thing that was funny was that um, when I met Jim, he had 
really long hair, and he had a beard, sort of. <laughs> she thought I had some kind of skin disease. I didn't. Because this beard, I didn't, but it was spotty. This beard grew out in clumps. I've got photographs if you want. It's pretty funny. I, I would it, love them. <laughs> it was pretty ugly. But, but I, I mentioned to my dad, who was very conservative and extremely traditional, mm-hmm. and had a mother who had belonged to the Daughters of the American Revolution. So, or Daughters of the American, American Revolution, D.I.R. Oh, yeah. Well, who are they? Are they like the they're, UDC, the United Daughters of the Confederacy? No. Well, oh my lord, are you they're, kidding? They're probably more conservative. No, they're 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 people whose ancestors fought in the Revolution. Oh. And wow. So, yeah, and my father couldn't have cared less about that, but his mother was very proud of it, and so that was sort of the milieu. Okay. So. Anyway, so I, I said to my dad, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, he has, he has really long hair and a beard. And at that point, I knew that my father's standards for prospective son-in-laws was very high because my sister's husband had come to our house. And what did he do? He went barefooted. In our house, he went barefooted. Oh, my God. <laughs> he went barefooted. And my father thought that was a sort of insult. And I mean, honestly... If you'd seen, like, my family in our house and how they lived, I mean, you might have the notion that we'd been, like, some really remarkable, like, richest people in town, and we were nothing like that. But but that that attitude was still there. That kind of... um What's that called? Propriety. The, the southern southern gentleman, it, it the southern... It wasn't southern. My parents were not southern. Oh. No. It was just about... No, what what was what constituted appropriate behavior? Oh. Period. I mean that exists, you know, all the way up to New England, I think. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and I thought, well, he's going to come and he's going to have a beard and and he's gonna, he's going to have long hair. And then he showed up and his, he had cut his beard. He shaved his beard and cut his hair. And my father thought that it had been done for his sake. Oh, <laughs> you know it. It might have been. It might have been. I, I can't remember exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So is this, that's advisable then for like people looking to pursue a woman like Vicky? Well, Just invite yourself you, to Thanksgiving. You know what, but that wasn't me at all. That was my dad. But I mean, that was the antithesis of the kind of person that I was. Yeah. I knew that I was interested in her and I did not want to get off on the wrong foot. So, and big sacrifice, right? Cutting hair, getting getting a beard shaved. There's no no big deal. It didn't. It doesn't seem that way now. Maybe maybe then it was. I don't know. So, you did know that you were going to Thanksgiving, kind of with the intent of courting Vicky. I, I just wanted to get to know her better. You know, I, I uh, yeah, yeah, because she was. Um, Definitely different from some of the girls I had met in college. Um, I knew, I knew that I was that I wanted to marry someone who was smarter than I was. I mean, That's I knew not that. Fair. Um, and yeah, and someone who was kind. And I knew after our first meeting she was kind. I mean, she didn't run me off, so <laughs> wasn't sort of kind. Um, yeah. So then how does Thanksgiving go? Really well, mm-hmm. really well. It was fun uh, being a part of a family. I mean, I, I of course, you I, were a part I of a family, come from a big family, but it was, it was nice to be accepted uh, by that, yeah. And so what did you, <clears throat> did you go on a date in that time or how did you? Well, I think at some point we, uh, you know, I had an old beat up car and. I think I remember once we, you and I, went out for a drive or something, just to be one-on-one. Yeah. Well, wasn't that one you and I and um, Jane and, and Brett and Melissa and Frank went to oh, St. Louis? Uh, no, that no. Okay, now that's <laughs> nice. Thank you, dear. So Frank and Melissa had this coterie of friends, and somebody thought it would be really fun to go into. St. Louis, which was 40, 50 miles away, and to have a bunch of young people together. So we went, and we ended up 
in a place called, it was a pizza place called Shakey's. It's a, it's a chain. Mm-hmm. And they had these. They had live music. They had live music, these guys with banjos and straw hats and coming around your table and playing. It was awful. We're sitting there, I'm trying to talk to Vicky. And it was noise, just incredible. And I remember there was a moment when I turned to you and I said, let's get the hell well, actually, out of here. Actually, I turned to you. One way or the I other. Said, <laughs> I've got to get out of here. Let's get out of here. And we, and we walked around St. Louis for a couple hours. And I don't, the people that we left there, we didn't really care. But it was like, they must have known you and I had gone off. I mean, how do we get back to, we, I don't. We must have come back at some point. Oh, they did, must have, of course. They yeah. must have waited but for we just, I mean, us. We, well, we, had a, we had a wonderful time. We were walking around. It was quiet. Talking. Yeah, it was quiet. And it's through experiences like that that you begin to, you begin to realize this person's values, all that rah-rah crap. They didn't cut it, man, with <laughs> her or me. Yeah, it was, uh, and I think that was a night when I realized that, uh, this could be a, a very, very nice thing. And you felt the same way, Vicki? Yeah, I think I did. And then he came up to the city where I live, the, in Columbia, for New Year's. And Melissa and Frank were there. That they, and Frank's your brother-in-law. Frank is my brother-in-law. Your and they were, they were both still in school. I, was, I had finished. And, mm-hmm. um, and Jim proposed on New Year's Eve. Wait, what? Yeah. So you yeah. guys... So hold up. So you August, went August, August call it a whirlwind August romance. to the end of December. Yeah. It's okay. I knew. I'm, I knew. Wow. I've never known anything as confidently in my life that this is the woman that I wanted to marry. And so it was. I did not feel like I was taking a chance, and I was overjoyed that she said yeah. And, so and did you? You met. Think, so Thanksgiving, you go, you walk around. Well, no, Lewis. no, no. We we met. We met in August. Right. On his way home from from Bozeman, actually. And then you really you talk to each other um, in St. Louis over Thanksgiving. Do you mm-hmm. see her in between New Year's? Um, no. Yeah, uh, okay. No, I we didn't. Know. I don't remember. So that one. the next time you see her, you propose to her. Mm-hmm. Jake. What? Jake. I was. 28. Vicky was a few years younger. 20, yeah, 24. And I mean, I thought I I didn't feel like I was old, but I felt like, look, it's time to tinkle or get off the pot. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I. The other thing that's funny though is that, I mean, certainly in my case, my family had given up on me, because in. <laughs> in, in 1971, you know, Spencer. a 20, a 23 year old, they said you're probably too set in your ways. Oh my God! Well, I mean, it was a, you it was were another, <laughs> set in your ways. I was set in my ways. No, but I mean, but no, I mean, she, but it was another time. I can't, I can't. I mean, uh, 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 in my memory, it. you, you said, yeah, let's do it mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Wow. Um, I mean, then, it wasn't course, Jane Austen, but it was a while ago. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, we we saw each other, of course, during the spring before we got married. So um, when did you get married then? Ma- uh, May the 27th in 1972. Wow. Yeah. I said, I remember I wrote a letter to your to your parents, primarily to your it, mom, just boy. because I thought, you know, she probably has, I mean, she doesn't know who this person is that her son is going to marry, and so I, I just wanted to for her to like not think I was completely unbalanced or I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I thought but she she told me about the my mom told me about the letter and then she looked straight in my eyes she said Jim you done real good <laughs> well well you told me your wife's along. a good writer so oh hey right from the start I got well I got along well with Jim's mom really yeah. well and, For which I'm grateful. And so you guys get married in, in May, May the 27th of what year? 72. And you guys have been married now how many years? We'll be, 48. Oh, 49 yeah, I'll be 49 in May. Wow. And so what were, what were those first couple years of marriage like? Like were they totally 
blissful or did you have no. some adjustment periods? <laughs> no, they were not. No, it was. Uh, well, he was in well, graduate school. Yeah. But we lived in Memphis. No, uh, yeah, uh, but but one thing I can remember that just tickled me to death was that here we are lying in bed, and it would be eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, and and I'd I'd go, Vicky, she'd say, Yeah, you're still awake. We we had a hell of a time adjusting to. Sleeping with another person. We're both we're both real light sleepers. So oh my god! Was like <laughs> we were like passing each other in, in the hall in the night. You know, get, going to the bathroom and getting drinks. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was also just um, it. I and I, I blame myself for this. I uprooted Vicky and brought her down to Memphis, Tennessee, right? And she had to. Believe me, the difference between living in Union, Missouri and Memphis, Tennessee is night and day. Um, there was a racial issue that she had to deal with that she really hadn't seen before. It was not, a surprise to me. Not, not, that, not that racial issues and bigotry don't exist in, in Missouri, but, but it's different in Tennessee. It's different. It's different in the South. And she had to get used to that. I think, I think one of the worst things for Vicki was that she, she had to get used to my family. I mean, I got all these brothers and sisters, and my mom and dad were living at the time. And, and here she was um, trying to, you know, accommodate my family. And it, I, I didn't realize how difficult it was for her. His family, his parents were fine, um, and most of his family, I think didn't didn't have any strong feelings, but Jim's older brother, Jim is the third of seven kids, but his older brother and sister are twins. Oh. And they are they were quite a force. I mean, his brother was like the intellectual in his graduating class and eventually went to Vanderbilt University on a scholarship and got a PhD in psychology. His sister was a nurse and she was also the homecoming queen and you name it in high school oh, wow. so they were quite a pair and um I, neither of his sisters actually not Eleanor so much but I mean they weren't they weren't thrilled about me I think and and his brother his older brother was fine but his older brother's wife who was a therapist mm -hmm. um was not thrilled about about Jim's family, and so when they would come to visit, they lived in Nashville because because mm -hmm. Warren had a had a, a, a psychology practice in Nashville, and they would come to Memphis, um, and his wife would just take her book and go in the other room. Oh wow! And I didn't have the gall to do that, but in retrospect, I wish I had. I mean, they she was so condemned by Jim's sisters for that, you know, because I think that the, the you know, the, the assumption was that she was behaving as if she were in some way superior. And I can, I can attest that that's, that's the impression that we all had, that Lynn, Warren's wife, was somehow felt that she was better than the rest of us. And, and, and once I got to know Lynn better, I knew that was really not the case. It was just that she wanted to do what she wanted to do, and I respect. Well, her she wasn't interested in watching we were the Christmas Story again <laughs> for the eighty-fifth time. Or nine thousand football games on a Sunday afternoon. So yeah, forget it. I get it. And I didn't. I didn't have the, the, the courage that she had, and I, I, I wish I had, because I think it might have made a difference. And so was that the? Would you say that was the biggest obstacle in those first couple of years of marriage? Was just the adjustment to family? I, yeah, I would say family played a, a big part of it, especially my family. I got along great. Well, I mean, <clears throat> we would go up to, um, we'd go up to Vicki's home in, um, in Union for Christmas or whatever, and it was always fun. I loved, I loved her mom and dad and her siblings. Um, so yeah, I would say my family was 
and now I don't have to worry about anyone hearing this, but it's okay. Yeah. There were. It was a problem. I think the other thing for me that was an issue was expectations for women. Yeah. I mean, I remember having been at some gathering with Jim and his friends. It wasn't a family thing, and he sort of nudged me and said, "You know, you know, you, you need to go and help with the dishes." <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and so. It was 1972, so. Yeah. And did that change? Like, how do you, how did you adjust? What were some of the biggest adjustments that you made, like compromising in that first year? Because obviously you didn't give up. We moved away. That was, yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, on, uh, uh, December 31st, 71, the night that I, I proposed to Vicki, mm -hmm. I said, there are some things that you need to know about me, uh, since we really hadn't known each other that long. I said, one of them is I play golf, and it's a big part of me. And the other one is that as soon as I get out of graduate school, I move into Montana. Well, I knew I wanted to get the heck out of Tennessee, um, socially, culturally. And I love Montana. Just that one summer I spent up here, I loved it. And when I told her, your reaction was? Well, when I was a kid growing up, when I was in fifth grade, I had an elementary teacher who had been like out west, and she'd been to Yellowstone Park. And she was absolutely my favorite elementary teacher. She was wonderful. And she regaled us with these stories of like what it was like. And I, I, I already had this Rocky Mountain West obsession. Mm -hmm. I, I had already made up my mind at age 10 that I was going to grow up and move to, I thought, Wyoming because that's where Yellowstone Park was. Oh. And so when Jim said, you know, I want to move to Bozeman, Montana, I thought, hallelujah. <laughs> when but, do we go? Yeah, but, but and I, it, it, it caused a certain amount of pain for me to say this, but getting away from my family was a huge benefit um, and I didn't yeah and that sounds terrible but it's true well, it and for me that was not the case but well it seems to be beneficial for a lot of younger couples sometimes to kind of take so that was into your marriage you finished graduate school was that four years into your marriage that you had to Bozeman Montana then? no it was two well, less than oh. two but he, yeah. he had oh, already made quick. up his mind yeah because remember he met me on his way home from from Bozeman Right. And he was already in, you know, he was already on his way to finishing up. So. I can remember driving down Main Street in Bozeman as my buddy and I were, were leaving. And I turned to him. I said, I'm moving back here. I'm moving back here. I'm, and what I'm, happened to your buddy? He moved back here, too. <laughs> yeah. He, this is a kid that I've known since the third grade. At, really? At Bethel Grove Elementary in Memphis. Yeah. He, he and I both. Well, he was the one that introduced me to the place because Ed, um, worked for several summers in Yellowstone Park and and came to Bozeman a few times during that. And um, yeah, we, yeah, it's, Bozeman is just such a wonderful place. Yeah, I love it. And so you guys packed up everything in? We had a U-Haul, we had a 19-foot U-Haul, and I had my uh, graduate orals on July the 30th, my birthday, in 74 and uh, and I told Vicki I said I'm, I'm gonna pass those orals a <laughs> better and I came home from that and we ate lunch and fired up the U-Haul and boom we were out of there Wow yeah I didn't even stick around for graduation we had a VW bus we were, pulling. we were towing a VW bus <laughs> yeah um, and you guys moved to Bozeman been here your whole lives yeah. right mm -hmm. for all practical purposes yeah, yeah. Um, at some point, Vicky, you made a career. You made a career change, didn't you? How long did you teach in Bozeman? Well, you know, I had worked in research after I graduated college. Oh, that's right. And then I had had a, a research job in Memphis. Um, we came to Bozeman, and it was a funny thing because, you know, I had heard as a kid that. 
if you were a woman and you had a, a triple digit IQ, you should be like a nurse, a secretary, or a teacher. And I knew there was no way in hell I was going to be any of those things. But what I realized over time was that I really love teaching, actually. And so I went back to school. I went to MSU. I got certified to teach math at the secondary level and all the sciences because I'd already had I'd taken a lot of science in college, even though I, I majored in zoology, but I'd taken like the engineering physics series, and I'd taken the you know, I, I took basically what was a pre-med curriculum. Um, and I realized that I, I probably would like teaching. And so I went back to school when I got to MSU and took some education courses, which were like running with your feet tied together. <laughs> and then um, I took some botany, because I hadn't had botany, only zoology. And I took some birth and space science, which I was already interested in anyway. Yeah. And then um, I student taught. And then, at that point, I couldn't have, um, I could only have taught, like, at that point, Jim was in the, in the, in the uh, junior high. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't have taught in the junior high because they had a very strict nepotism policy. Oh, really? So I would have had to wait for somebody in the high school to leave before I could have. And so I, we decided, well, if we're ever going to have kids, we better do it now because we're getting old. We weren't that old. I was pushing 30, and he was pushing 34. So like six years into your marriage? Six years into our marriage. <clears throat> we, um, so we had, we had a couple of kids, and our older daughter got, in, got I, I enrolled her in a Montessori school that was quite close to our house, and I loved it. I was just like smitten. And so I started subbing there, and then the person who owned the school said, I, I, wanted, I wanted her to start an elementary program because our daughter was one of those fall birthdays who missed the kindergarten cutoff, and she she could already read, and you know she was a pretty pretty mature kid, I think. And so the person that owned the school said, "I will start an elementary program if you will go and get certified, Montessori certified." And I I thought, yeah, I can do this, and so I did. And um, by the time I finished my training, the training program had invited me to come teach in the summers, which was great because the, the Montessori program where our daughter went was only a school year program. So I taught in the Montessori program in this, during the school year and then went and, and taught in the training program in the summer. Um, and after 10 years of that, I decided I was ready to start my own school. Which, so we did. We, we mortgaged our house again, and, and and you and Jim built that yourselves with like one uh, one friend. No, Vicky, well, more than one friend. No. Vicky, well, for the most part, it was Vicky and I, and Ed Harbor, the kid that Ed was the guy that I came to Montana with in the first place, and he's a oh builder. really he's <coughs> a I think that was the first major project. He'd been a remodel. He'd never, yeah, he'd never built a full, a full on. So building. that was the summer that we we built that school. But we had subcontractors. I mean, we didn't do our electrical. Well, we didn't do our plumbing. Pouring a concrete. That we, were the, we were the we were the we were the the framers basically. Wow. Still though, you decided to build your own Montessori school. We did it. And, it, mm -hmm. and was that and that was you wanted to run a Montessori school. You didn't work in the school, right, Jim? No. So no. what no. was what was that conversation like? Like, what does it take at this at that point in your marriage to throw that much faith behind your wife? Well, Vicky came home one day and and just said flatly, "I want to run my own school." I'm and 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 I I could over the past year or two I could sense the her frustration building where she was working. I mean, it was a fine school where she was working first. But um, she wanted to do things differently. What I wanted to do was the, 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 the place where I taught, which by that time was preschool through second grade, and both of our girls went through second grade there. Um, it was a good school, and the person that I worked for was a good teacher, although she wasn't as immersed <coughs> as I eventually was, but um, it had the reputation of being sort of a Cadillac school in Bozeman. And I really didn't want to work in a Cadillac school. I wanted a more diverse 
student population, family population. I wanted, and my, my notion was, because there wasn't a Montessori school at the time that would, that would um, allow children under kindergarten age, and those kindergartners had to be kids who are third year Montessori children. So kids who started at three, three, four, and five. Those kids could, have, could do a full day program but the full day program was only from 8.45 until 2.15, oh. which you know, for most families is not enough childcare. And there was not a Montessori school in town at that point that offered <coughs> a full day, you know, like what a working family would need. And that was really, because I really didn't want, I wanted a, a more, I don't know, I wanted a, a population that was more representative of the community. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I wrote a business plan and offered it to a bank, and they seemed to think it was okay. And they gave us a loan, and the rest is history. And didn't you guys go, have to go knock on doors yeah. to get approved? We did, yeah. because the lot we wanted to buy um, had covenants on it. Uh -huh. And so we had to go up through that neighborhood, and it was January, and it was not. It was not a mild January. And that was my idea of living hell, like going door to door trying to asking people Mine for too. stuff. Mine too. <laughs> but we no, did it. But we did it. And, I, and, and what was interesting was that one day at, one day at lunch at, when I, at, from school, I thought I could run over there right now. I could probably call on, you know, seven or eight people. So I ran over there to the Marwin edition, this neighborhood, and I knocked on the door. And I was really pleased by the reception. Sure, we'll sign. No problem. And I went home that night with seven signatures, and I just couldn't wait to tell Vicky said dinner. I said, guess what I did today? And she, she had done the same thing, and she had about 12 signatures. So uh, that, that was a team effort there. I mean, it was really important to both of us, really important. Well, I, I think that's just really cool that you had, I mean, you mortgaged your home to, like, chase this endeavor. But to me, it was not a risk. No, that's, and that, she was, Vicki was very reassuring. She said, no, there's a population in Bozeman that, that needs this service. And there was no question in my mind that she was prepared to work day and night, which she did. I couldn't believe, she was working 60 hour days over there. It was inhuman. But, but she made. But I'm not dead. No, and I, and I, I would say this without, fear of being accused of being immodest, that after she had that school for two or three, it, it was by far the best Montessori school in Bozeman. And that's what, that wasn't in me, that what everybody said. The parents raved. I think that's really cool that you're able, that you guys worked as a team that way. Like getting out of your comfort zone, going and getting those signatures. It was definitely out of our comfort zone. <laughs> that's the mildest way you could put it. Because, you know, making cold calls, uh, <clears throat> horrible. But we did it. How we long did. did it How long did it take you in your marriage to get to that point of teamwork where you, where you would be willing to just throw your full weight behind that other person's well, actually, endeavor? 20 years, probably. I don't think so, Vicki, because I remember, um, okay, uh, at, we had this ratty old Fiat that I drove, and it broke. It would break down every time you look at it. Mm -hmm. And finally, after we'd been married for a couple of years, um, I, I said, Vicki, I think we got enough money to maybe buy something nicer. Well, I worked for Volkswagen. I had worked it uh, before I went into service. And I could buy a, a brand new stripped down Volkswagen bus for $3,200. Wow. And so we looked at our bank account and we, and we did it. But, what, but the important thing is that we wanted to make a camper out of it. And we worked on that together. We did. It was really, really um, satisfying. The other thing was that we had enough money to pay cash for it, but we didn't have a credit card. So we thought if we, if we pay for it over time, we'll establish a line of credit. Exactly. Well, and that's what we did. And this brings us to something that I want to make sure we talk about, and that is, I think I told you earlier that there are certain things that a man and woman should get straight, should should talk about and agree on 
before they get married or before they enter any kind of long-term relationship. And one of those things, in addition to coming to terms with any differences about religion or, or whatever, attitudes about money and about what's wasteful. I don't know that we talked about that. We though. didn't have to. We didn't have to because because I remember... Because I had savings and he had when, savings. When we, <laughs> when we finally decided to get married, we thought, well, you know, do you have any money? Well, I got a couple of grand, and this is in 72. I got a couple of grand in the bank and I had some money saved up and I knew then that, I wasn't profligate. that we were not people who just threw money around. Yeah. And then she came, one Christmas she she came down to meet my family. <laughs> my, my brother came to me. Yeah, he, had, he had been talking to Vicky in the kitchen. And he said, Jim, you got to marry this girl. She's got tools. <laughs> he did. She, I mean, I had a tool collection because I like to work on cars. Vicky had a big tool collection. Well, that, I mean, you guys remodeled a VW bus together, built a Montessori school together. Like, I mean, that's unique that's not everybody that's pretty that's pretty cool uh, i think yeah uh yeah besides we could we could actually i mean i remember when we were when we were making the bus into a camper we had a difference of opinion every now and then but i think that we knew when to bow to the other person's uh wants uh Vicky wanted curtains in the thing, and I think curtains. I didn't want people looking in while we were sleeping. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why the hell do we need curtains? But I thought, no, this is, she wants curtains, so we yeah. did it. So he did, he did, basically did the platform bed, and I did the curtains. That's awesome. Yeah. And you say 20 years to get to a different level of trusting each other, or teamwork. Probably. I mean, you know, you, when you marry somebody, you, 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 you're, you're always convinced that you think you know that person, but you don't. There's no way you could. It's, you know, it's something that happens piecemeal. Yeah. And so, like, what would you say is the biggest difference in your relationship now at 49 years of marriage versus, say, 5, 10, 25 years of marriage? We... I think Vicky would would be agree. careful what you say. I know I'm being I'm being real careful. Um, that I mean we had our share of fights. We never got physical, but it it could get it could get ugly. We yelled every once in a while. Yeah, and then and then you know once we did it, it was. And all then you over. would like leave and I'm slam. Sorry? You'd leave and slam the door. I did it once. You did it more than once. I know we were we were in our very first house. We probably been married for a month or so, and she made me so mad. I put on my raincoat and slammed the door and walked out. And I'm walking down the block and I'm thinking, where the hell am I going? <laughs> my house back there. So I, no, I went back and I said, come on, let's 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 talk about this. But you did it one I other time I'm, in our house we live in now because I remember because I had, you know, the remember in the kitchen we had these two. They were basically, uh, officially they were trash cans, but they'd never been used for trash. Mm -hmm. One had white flour in it and one had brown flour in it. And I used to, because I used to bake all our bread. And, and you, you left, you pulled out, you pulled out, and you, it was, you were in the van, you pulled out of the driveway, and I threw the yellow trash can lid at, at, the, at the van. You don't remember that. Uh, no, I don't, I've gotten, expunge that from my memory but you probably weren't paying attention you were looking backwards the so bottom back line out. is anybody who if if i if i'm talking to people who've been married for a while and they say oh we never fight then i'm thinking one of you is a punching bag one of you is a doormat and that's what research says yeah and research says that couples who never fight are in worse shape than couples than couples who do occasionally fight so i mean we're going to go home and fight I'm, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not proud of getting into arguments and stuff. But it's a natural, it's a natural thing that's going to happen when you're, when you're that intensely in, involved with somebody. Um, but we, we, we have fashioned a really nice approach to those kinds of differences, and I think it would be best termed avoiding harsh startups. Where if there's something that your spouse is doing that's annoying you or you 
you don't you don't suddenly I'm so sick of you. You don't do that. You find a, a moment, and you say there's something that we need to discuss. And when you when you have a uh, a more relaxed approach to it, it it doesn't throw that other person immediately into a defensive position. It works real well, and we've we've used that. But we. I, I would say that our, we don't fight much anymore. I guess we're getting too old for it. I mean, it takes, <laughs> takes a lot of energy to fight. We just, we don't need to. Our lives are comfortable. And, uh, and then there's one big thing that happens when you get older, and that is if you've planned appropriately, there aren't the same pressures, child-rearing pressures, and also money. Yeah. If you've planned appropriately, you're more comfortable, which we are, and it, it makes a huge difference. True. Although Jim used to accuse me, he used to tell me that we lived lives of deprivation. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm the ultra frugal one. If I, I have told Vicki, there's something, they'll say there's something that needs to be done. And I have said, Vicki, if there's a really hard way to do it, I can be sure that you're going to find it. You're going to find the hardest way to do this. But also the cheapest way. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and so say that, you know, this This is kind of one of the, the biggest questions that I ask everyone that I, I interview with this is, what would, what would be your best advice over the course of 49 years for, for someone in the beginning of a marriage? Like, how could how can you get to the point where you're at now with a little bit less heartache uh, maybe fewer trash can lids thrown at vans and fewer fewer doors slammed um, I, I would say that that you need to you need to realize before you get into it that there are going to be times when you need to subjugate your needs to the needs of, of a relationship, but don't be willing to do it all the time. There needs to be some reciprocity. I, I, yeah, couldn't have said it better. I, I'm, what I was, what I was going to say, what was sound, sounds kind of trite now to what you said, but that. Uh, don't go into it thinking that it's going to be a bed of roses all the time. And when, when, you're, when you're young and you're in love, it seems that way. You don't argue about anything. Uh, you just enjoy each other. But then when you get married and the reality sets in, we've got to go to work, we've got to raise kids, we've got to keep a home, it's not going to be a bed of roses all the time. And it, I'm afraid what it does is show what you're made of. Um, I mean, I guess there are some people who should never get married because they're too selfish or, yeah. Do you stand by your decision? Are you, are you happy about it? <laughs> we haven't left. <laughs> well, I, um, I mean, I thought I appreciated Vicki as uh, totally. And then over the past uh, uh, few years, I've had some really, really bad uh, physical issues and I Vicki has been my greatest ally my greatest ally I mean I, and I yeah and I I hope that I would that I would do the same for her and we've had some major adventures oh my god yes major adventures we <laughs> we <laughs> we decided wait why don't we move to France? <laughs> well, you decided why don't we move to France. I decided why don't we spend some time there. <laughs> That's ironic. I was ready too. to move there, I was, <laughs> you know. and so we both got leaves from. I got a leave from the high school, and Vicky turned over the operation of her school to second in command, and we we you did a sabbatical year in France. Yeah, it, wow. and it was an adventure. And the only the on, we lived we lived in an apartment that was. 350 square feet. It was I a mean, studio. It, it was a studio apartment. It we could a, afford it. It was a click-clack bed, which we had to make up every morning. And that entire time, we had one little skirmish. 
I had locked her. <laughs> I'd locked her out of the of the apartment. And when I came home, from, I had been. I think I'd been out to play golf. And when I came back, she was sitting there on the steps, and she was not happy. <laughs> and that was the only time. That was wow. the only time because it was a. I have called it one of the hardest years of my life because my French skills are not nearly as good as Vicky's. Vicky's totally fluent. I was kind of semi-fluent. You're better than you were, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and and the, and, the, and and I said one of the reasons I want to do this is I'm, I'll never know how good I can get in this language unless I go there and I'm speaking it every day. And it was pretty hard. Yeah. Hard but, in that regard, but. But when I fun. but when we came back, we looked at each other and thought, man, that was so much fun. And we're planning on doing it again this, we're gonna move there, we're gonna go there. What we did, what we did on subsequent trips to France is we backpacked through France. Um, but we did, but we didn't, we didn't sleep in tents. We carried, no, we, we, we carried our stuff. You, you can go, you go come to, to a little, a little like village in France and there's gonna be some kind of a mom and pop hotel. And Oh man, that was so much fun. And you guys are going back and you will have been married for 50 years when you 49. it'll be 49. it'll be kind of an anniversary trip yeah. yeah wow if we can go if the government opens up <laughs> we don't know I mean, they may not yeah. yeah they may not want to see him is that enough for you that's the end of it that was my last question for you oh you had i love you sweetie i love you too <laughs> uh, i really appreciate you guys doing well, this this is, this is great i mean uh, some of these things i hadn't, hadn't thought about in a while but no thank you guys so much you bet Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review or give us a follow at Lobster Tales Podcast on Instagram. Or check out our website at lobstertalespodcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be on the pod, shoot me an email at jake at lobstertalespodcast.com. And visit our website for more information on how we can help turn your and your loved ones' tales into keepsakes. Until next time, I hope you find your lobster.